look at it as a very exciting time, okay? Um, you know, I've been in the car industry to, uh, long enough to remember that, you know, I had to convince dealerships that they needed a website. Wow, you know? yeah. Like, I had to convince <laughs> them. Like, they literally did not think that there was any value in them having a website. Now, the funny thing is, like, today, that's asinine. You know, like, they're, they're, like you know, I, I, have a but, I have a buddy that's, that's building a dealership right now, right, in full construction with it. Like, his one of his first concerns was his website, and the building's not even finished. You know, so it's like we've come such right. a long yeah, ways, wow. you know, that, you know, like I said, at one point people just didn't even believe that it was really something that that, that was necessary. So I see the same thing as digital retailing, is that there's a lot of people that, that, that aren't going to believe in it. But, you know, at some point in time, it will become the norm. Hello and welcome to yet another very special episode of the Strategy with Jason podcast, Las Vegas Drive Edition. Today, Jason is cruising in sunny Las Vegas with none other than Herb R. Anderson. They'll be jamming about the brand, your brand, and finding your niche by being authentic in your content. Get ready for a bumpy ride, a classic car, and some hot guys in the sun with your host, Jason Harris. There's no power steering. We're going we're gonna to clear it. We're going to clear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you're good. 1955, first year the Thunderbird came out. Equipped with a 292 V8 and a whopping 190 horsepower, this thing was designed to be personal luxury at its finest. This is my I made it car. This is, yeah. yeah. Now, the coolest feature in 1955, a lot of people don't know about, and I'm gonna show you real quick. You ready for this? Yeah. Oh, 1955, cool. this ah. thing had electronic seats. Right on. How fucking cool <laughs> is that? <laughs> Awesome. It was one of the biggest selling features of the car in 1955. Plus, the other thing too is that I can actually twist this thing down, and it's got a telescoping steering wheel. In 1955. First. Um, telescopic steering yeah. wheel. Yep. Bing Crosby did the commercial for this bad boy, and those were the features that he highlighted. And of course, the uh, 190 horsepower, uh, zero to 60 in 11.5 seconds. Uh, this thing was a rocket. <laughs> See. And it still looks classy. Yeah, it still looks know? classy. Problem we run into is that she overheats like crazy. <laughs> she, <laughs> even with an aftermarket uh, radiator, she still gets hot, hot as heck. Well, so the ultimate eight. goal was that we were going to drive down the strip here, turn around at the end of the strip, and come back up. Uh, this old bird just won't take that. So we get down to the end of the strip. We're going to stop at the Mandalay Bay, and we're going to pull over into a shaded space, pop the hood, and let it cool off for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to get on the highway on our way back here so there's enough air that comes into it so she doesn't overheat. <laughs> That's been your, uh, your oh, I've, routine I, for the day? Yeah, you know what? I've owned classic cars for a long time, so it's like to me, it's, it's nothing. Like It's just... Ah, just that's that's just what happens when you own a classic car. There's just nothing wrong with that. That's that's just life, you know. Part of the gig. It is part of the gig, 100%. So yeah, man, I've been driving up and down the strip all day in this 102 degree weather, and uh, probably my ears and my neck are about as red as red can be right now. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I will feel that sunburn later tonight. And uh, yeah, just been jamming with a bunch of guys. Cool, man. You know. Um, yeah, we're having fun. You know, just getting to know everybody and just. You know, what motivates them, what pushes them, what are you consuming, what's on your mind lately? You know, just having some fun. Um, you know, I was gonna ask you, dude, so you, I, obviously I followed some of your stuff and, and I've heard your story a couple of times, but you yeah. had, um, you kind of went a totally different direction with, with content and, and your own personal brand and stuff. Like why, uh, like what really was the, 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 
you know, like that defining moment where you were like, hey, I got to stop this and go in this completely new direction? You know what? Uh, I've been in the automotive industry for probably a long time, and um, the automotive industry has graciously, yes, graciously um, given me this ability to be where I am, right? So I feel like I owe the industry quite a bit. You know, I don't have a college degree. You know, I originally went, you know, to do marketing and then, you know, some guy grabbed me and said, hey, you know, you like selling stuff. I said, I like selling stuff. I'm like, why don't you come sell cars? And then boom, I'm in, you know, and just been in ever since, you know, ever since college. And, uh, you know, for me doing this content, it's, um, I guess, for, I guess some part of it is just giving back, you know? I mean, you know, you know what's funny is I, I've been at this now for a good solid two years and um in a very consistent way we're gonna check and see what austin's doing here we got a chase car and he just jumped out of the car <laughs> and you know what um a lot of people don't even know what the hell i actually do <laughs> they just they just assume I just go around all day and I just have fun talking to people and making content and that's, that's it. And a lot of people don't realize that I have a full-fledged automotive agency, marketing agency. And we work with about 77 clients, 78, 78 clients now, yeah. In both um, the yeah, U.S. and yeah, Canada? Yeah, percentage, uh, yeah, yeah, just small percentage, only a handful of them in the U.S. and then the, majority, the rest of them are in Canada. And uh, we just help dealerships really try to tell their story, you know? and. You know, our big push is that, you know, the story is not about the product and the price. There's, there are way more deeper stories to be told. We just have to uncover those stories and put them into a format so that people have the opportunity to consume them and, right. and embrace them and understand them. You know, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that um, we don't buy products. We buy stories. Yeah. The story is the secondary portion of the product. You know, I, I, I love to use the analogy that, you know, I have a lot of dress shirts. Uh, the same tie, by the way, I own seven of these ties. So I've been wearing the same tie for the last two years. It's not the exact same tie. I own seven of them. Um, but, um, uh, you know, it, it's we, we buy into the story of the product before we buy into the price of the product, right? So, and, and every single dealership has a unique story. But, you know, for years, all their marketing efforts has just only been about product and price. And I don't that think that's enough anymore. Isn't that funny though? You said something just kind of caught my my attention, but the price and the and the product are pretty standard, right? I mean, you get some some variations here and there, but for same the most price part, and product in every other yeah. Toyota dealership you go to, right? Like, or Nissan dealer, it ain't gonna change. You're absolutely right. But the story, right? Like what they're doing, how their processes, all that is different. But we don't focus on 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 that part of it when we're trying to get customers. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of dealerships don't understand their why. You know, when I ask them, like, why do you why 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 do you get up in the morning? You know, their immediate answer is to sell cars. I'm like, no, 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 that's what you do. Why? Yeah. Like, I mean, you work a shitload of hours. You don't go home when your shift is done. Like, you have a serious commitment to your craft. Why? You know, so I, I like working with dealerships and moving them through that process of discovering their why. And then once we're able to discover their why, it's just beautiful things can happen. Do you think that on the content side, we're still not where we need to be at? No, kind of close. Yeah. You know, on the content on the content side, we're still talking about what we do, about why we do what we do. 
you know, and I've had to personally learn this myself as well, right? Look, I mean, I, I have no problem admitting I'm new to the content game. No problem admitting I'm new to the content game. Now, have I made a significant commitment to the content game? Oh, hell yeah, I have. You know, right now I put out a, a fresh piece of content every hour during an eight hour day on three different social wow. channels. Wow. That's totally awesome. different content on all three social channels. Um, so I think I've made a pretty serious commitment to it, right? Um, but, but yeah, I mean, majority of the content that's out there right now, as far as what dealers are putting out, is just more about what they do, not why they do what they do. Do you know, do you have anybody that, that has impressed you? You know what, I would only say there's probably, I mean, look, of all the hundreds and hundreds of dealerships I've ever had, an, I've had an opportunity to go into, you know, I could probably count on one hand how many people actually know why they do what they do, but then let that why define how they do what they do. You understand? Yeah. So it's like, what do we do? We sell cars, that's cool, right? Why do we do it? Well, you gotta figure that part out. But once we know the why, we can let the why define how we do it, you know? So let's say, you know, the reason why I get up in the morning is because, you know what? I just love the idea of assisting someone in one of the largest purchases they're ever gonna make in their life. Yeah. Like, that's a big thing. Like, you don't buy a car that freaking often. It's not going to the grocery store, right? So, you know, I just, I love being a part of that story. I want to be a part of that. And that's, that's why I get up in the morning. That's why I go do my follow-ups. That's why I respond to my leads. That's why I keep my referrals up. You know, that's why I do it. Okay, cool. Well, you know, if that's your why, then, then that why needs to define how you do it. And when you get to that place operationally, woo, woo, shit gets pretty. I mean, real pretty. And the cool thing is you can see it in the profit and loss statement. I mean, literally see it in the profit and loss statement. Yeah, you know, it's crazy for me, and I've, I've said this a couple of times, but man, whenever I have those conversations about content or social media, I get a lot of the decision makers' responses is always like, oh yeah, I mean, there's no money in that. Like, it doesn't convert. It's just, uh, it's always like, no man, I mean. Because there's still thing on the what. That's yeah, what it is. right. They're still putting content out there about what, you know? You know, how, how many dealers, you know, like talking about dealerships, talking about social media content, you know, there's content, content can be used in many, many different ways, organic in the form of blogs and the written word, you know, and video and vlogging, and then of course LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and all these different formats, right? You know, but um, understanding, you know, why you do it, that will change your content so, 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 so significantly. And the reason why I find a lot of dealerships don't find don't don't see the ROI is because all they're putting the only content they're putting out there is what they do. What they do, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, dealerships, and you know, I love this industry. Don't get me wrong, I, I I love this industry so much, right? But we are the most anti-social social people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, how many dealerships social media accounts have you seen that are really just? Um, uh, portfolios of how of, of, of how awesome they are and what they do that's it yeah I mean that's, that's it that's the story what do we do we sell cars yeah. you know what do we do you know, here's, here's a happy customer pick up their car that's it there's how how can else someone else relate to that you know so I love playing in that space I love playing in that space and helping people find that voice you know and you know, look if I get an opportunity to monetize some of those efforts along that way fuck yeah why not you know see I think that we have an issue with attention you know mm -hmm. when it comes when it comes to social media and what I mean by that is I think that we're, we're there's this neck this negative uh, feeling about 
you know, getting attention, right? Mm-hmm. And I, but you know, on the other side of that, like, dude, think about it. I mean, these platforms are free. It doesn't cost you anything. Like if, let's say if you're taking ups at a dealership somewhere, why would you not want to utilize these platforms to get attention for yourself and kind sure. of be the guy in your local market, at least, that people think about when they think about, hey, I need to buy a car. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and then just kind of start from that level and kind of see, grow it from there at, at the dealership level. Because what's going to happen is if you take the initiative as a salesperson and your, you know, managers and stuff start to see that kind of paying back, then they're going to want to get more involved in it as well. You know what I mean? Or invest well, more into it. And, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think when, when someone's trying to figure out, either a dealer or a salesperson is trying to figure out, like, what kind of content, you know, like, you know, someone's listening to this, you know, like, Jason, Herb, well, okay, I'm listening to you guys, I get it, I get it, you know, all right, I got to do this shit, okay, I fi- uh, but what kind of content should they put out there, and, and that's where I love helping people find out, you know, what kind of content should they really put out there, and at the end of the day, we're looking for authentic content, because, you know, authentic content, that's what that's what relates, you know, right. no different than the podcast that you and Eric does, right? That the value in that and what comes in that content is from a place of authenticity. Yeah. You know, it's like you guys fucking care. And like it comes out, right? So it's like if you think you gotta force yourself to go out there and make content on that Chevy Silverado and you're not passionate about it, don't fucking do it. Yeah. You know? In fact I encourage people to find out what their passion is. Look, their passion may not be their nine to five job. And there ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? That's just how they make their money. You know, I have a guy, I was just talking to Matt about this actually at the last in the last podcast, but um, I was talking, I have this guy, Matt, who's a, he, uh, a salesperson that's working with us. And, um, you know, one of his passions is, uh, he's an, he was actually, he's a retired professional angler. By the way, I had to look up what angler was. Um, I didn't actually know what it was. You know what it is? No, man. Oh, fisherman. Oh, right on. Okay, okay. so yeah, okay. So you're saying with me, you've all in the same boat. I had no freaking clue what it was. All right, so he, he was a, a semi-professional fisherman. That's what he did. Travel around and, and fished for for a living. Um, and I'm like, and when I got talk, when I got him talking about that, oh my gosh, this entirely different person came up. And it was just, it was so authentic and it was so passionate. And I'm like, that's where you gotta make content. Yeah, that's where that. I want you to make content. About. Right? So he's like, really? Yeah, I said, well, and I want you to do it from the back of your Silverado, okay? Now, I don't want you to talk about Silverado at all, okay? I just want you to talk about where you love to go fishing, why you love to go fishing, what lures you like to use, make it really localized so that people, you know, can, people locally can get significant value from your content. He's done that, dude, he's picking up eight to 10 cars a month right now. Wow. From this audience that he's yeah. created, that has nothing to do with it, but what it is is that the, the people are able to relate with him and, and and come into a place of trust. Trust, yeah, there you go. Because of his authentic fishing content, you know, that um, that that you know that that when they're ready for a purchase of vehicle or something along that lines, so it's like, well, who else am I gonna go to? You know? Yeah, man, I really like that because um, it's it's kind of different, right? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You're you're looking at it from a different angle, different perspective. Um, I've shared a, a story. I have a store that they're in a in a small market in Colorado. Yeah. 
Dude, and what they do, they, they put recipes on their Facebook page. Sure. Like the recipe of the week. Is that something they're passionate about? Yeah, I mean, and they, Cooking, you know, barbecuing, right, something like and that? They, they, it's part of their, you know, they have like a day a week that they have um, people come over and they have lunch at the store and all that. Nice, nice. Dude, but that, the, um, the GM tells me that that's one of their most successful marketing uh, tips and, it, and or um, pieces and it has nothing to do with cars. With cars. Because it's their why. Yeah, it's just, you know. It, it's, it's it, you know, there's a personal why, there's a professional why, and it's just, you know, the better we can help people understand their whys, you know, that's when content comes out in a really real way. Yeah, you know what's cool about that too is that, um, you know, when you think about it, the people that start to consume that information, they, they start to feel kind of obligated to you in a certain way, you know what sure. I mean? So when that opportunity for purchase comes up, they're gonna be like, well, this person gives me so much value that I'm gonna I'm gonna give them the the opportunity. Well, you know? and that's kind of the thing too, right? And and funny, it's it's funny you say that because you know, um, over 75% of my business comes from my content. It, yeah, it, so it doesn't come from me banging on doors. Doors, right? You know, it's it's literally you know I had a dealership reach out to me actually just the other day before I was flying here, and um, and they're like, you know, Jason, dude, I, you know, me and my team, we've been following your stuff for like a while, and like we've been using some of your stuff on our Saturday morning meetings, and it's just like. You know, we finally just fired our, our, our marketing guy and we're just, you know, we'd really love if you'd come in and, and talk with us and just, you know, I'm like, fuck, absolutely, I'm in. You know what the funny part is, though? I went and looked it back. This guy's never engaged with a piece of my content, ever. Huh. Ever. Like, I looked, I'm like, hmm, where's this guy from? Where's he But I found out we've been following him. So he's, you don't know who's watching. Watching, yeah. You don't know. You know, just because they don't engage with the content doesn't just mean doesn't mean that the right person out there is watching. There's a lot of people out there that are watching content and they're not engaging with it. So don't get sucked into the social vanity bullshit that is social media, you know? And, you know, it's like, well, I didn't get as many views or I didn't get as many likes or shares. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. You know? Make content that's relevant for your audience and they'll watch it. And they'll see value in it. That's what I love about what you guys are doing with your podcast. That's the reason I reached out to you, right? You guys are authentic. Thanks, yeah. man. Appreciate it. It's, yeah. uh, we got, we got us it's definitely a labor of love. Stay. Well, yeah. see, that's the thing. <laughs> we we got to stick together, right? Yeah. Oh, labor of love. Yeah. Ooh, ain't that the truth? <laughs> so. <laughs> you think, like, someone asked me, the other day, Jason, it's ROI positive for you to fly down to Las Vegas, bring your crew with you, you know, rent a classic car, drive around with a bunch of guys, and shoot a podcast? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, no. Yeah. No. It is not in no way or form going to be instantaneously ROI positive, you know? But if I can bring value to just one person out there through what we're doing right now, fuck. That's, that's my high. That's, that's my why. Yeah, that's where it's What's at. What's your why? I agree. Dude, so for me, um, you know, it's kind of a, a twofold for me. One is there's a selfish component to it because I consult with dealerships. You know, I consult with dealerships on a regular basis, so the the, the opportunity to engage with people in the industry that um, you know have insights and that I can learn from obviously it benefits me on the professional side. But then the other thing is, dude, I've always had these really good conversations with decision makers at a dealership and found a lot of interesting people in the dealership. Yeah. But it's always behind closed doors, you know? And I always thought, man, if there was a way to kind of put this out there and just share it with mm. everybody, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all of us could benefit from a conversation like this. And so the the idea for the podcast just kind of naturally 
was born from that. And I think that it's, you know, I just said it recently on a, on, a, on one of our episodes, but a, it's just right for the times, man. I mean, think about all the people that we missed out because we didn't have podcasting and we didn't have social media and uh, we will never know what their what their insights were because they were only to the people that were around them. Yeah, 100%. How much? It's uh, the camera crew thinks they're funny. Oh, what? <laughs> you not realize that's who it was? No. <laughs> like some random person's just yelling words at us. I was like, what? What's going on right now? <laughs> 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 you're, you're, you, got, you guys are sick. You're a sick <laughs> individual. Yeah, 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 that's right. No more pillow talk for you. No uh, more. <laughs> that's good stuff. Um, yeah, man, so that's my, that's why, you know, that's, that's what kind that's of. That's your why. That's what moves me. Man. So, so when, was the, when was that moment when you were like, man, I'm having all these like, you know, uh, boardroom meetings and it's like, there's just so much value and content in these boardroom meetings. Like when was that aha moment where you're like, shit, I, like, I, we got to put this content out there for people. Um, it was towards the um, uh, beginning of 2017. I was, uh, I was um, just in a meeting and um, we had this really, one of those really good conversations that you have, you know, that you walk out of there and you're like, damn, man, this was really good. Like, I learned a bunch from it. I know the dealership had some aha moments in, in it too. And then I was like, dude, I gotta start, it first started for me with LinkedIn. I was like, I gotta start doing content. Yeah. Because if, if I can't show this, then at least I can maybe do a video on it and put that put it out in that way, kind of as a, as a second person, right? Yeah. So I started doing that, um, and then uh, from there, just seeing other posts and connecting with other people and seeing what they were doing, um, it was like, oh, dude, the podcast—that's that, that's the perfect way to go. So, so it was just like that. That's that's yeah, where it started. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, talked to Eric about it, and he was—he uh, got excited and wanted to do it with me. And you know, it's always good when you do it together because if it, if it totally sucks, then you're like, well, how do you relationship? At with least Eric's we stuff? have each other. How did that um, he was a client. So, okay, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah, so we've... Uh, it was just like two birds flocked together. Is that kind of how it was? It's just you guys were just like so yeah, just in get, sync with each other? Yeah, we just kind of connected with each other. And he's very upbeat, you know what I mean? Um, which is a, a good uh, kind of mix for the podcast because I'm very serious and, you know, all data, all about... So you're the yeah. educate, he's the entertainer. Yeah, oh, there we go. go. That's, where so we go. So like, that's the key of content, right? Yeah. Educate and entertain. Yin and yang there, so <laughs> he, he keeps it fun. So, um, yeah. What about you? Did you always want to do a podcast? No. In fact, actually, audio was kind of a tough one for me because, like, video is so forgiving. Yeah, you know, it was just well, like it's isn't just that like, the well, other way? Because audio, audio picks up everything. So, like, I'm very loud. I'm like very. Uh, like I, I, I'll slap things down on the table. Yeah, I do you that know, too. like I'll be drinking a coffee and I'm like, t or I got a pen and it's clicking in my fingers. Like going to audio was like, like and, and honestly, I like I still think we're figuring out the audio portion of it. I don't feel like we, we're at a stage, but I think what was key for us is that we just started to do it. We'll do it. Just figure take, out the shit the as step, we go yeah. along. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it's like if I didn't just start doing it, you know, then then I don't think it was it was ever really gonna happen. It's interesting. So you you were were comfortable with video from the from the beginning. I was never comfortable with any of it. No, 
I just, so, okay, so here's how it all started, right? Is I got talking to a buddy of mine who was getting his business uh, evaluated, right? Because he was applying for some uh, VC money. And, um, and, and he was telling me about the process. And, and so through the process of, of, you know, kind of more modern business evaluations or cost business evaluations, what they do is they, they look at not only revenue streams and assets, but they also look at uh, brand equity or brand value what your brand is worth, right? And they actually put a dollar amount on the brand. So his business, you know, uh, represented a certain price based on revenue and assets, but there was this whole other price point that actually had to do with a brand. And I'm like, oh shit, that's a thing? So I had to go look it up. And I'm like, sure enough, it is. Huh. You know, so it's like, you know, businesses can get valuated not only based on the revenue streams and assets, but also their brand. So I'm like, oh, okay, so if I want to, you know, my goal, you know, is to, you know, increase the valuation of my business to $10 million a year, you know, well, the, a portion of that's going to have to come through revenue and assets, and the other portion is going to have to come through branding. So that's actually what made me started doing it. Now, when I first started to do it, I was like, oh, man. Actually, I remember doing this. It was in our old office. I went and got one of our offices. I kicked out the graphic designers in that office. I'm like, yeah, you're gone. Go in the other room. Um, <laughs> and then I, I set up the whole room, and I painted all the walls, and I created this big green screen room, bought this big fancy camera, and I'm like, I'm going to be in this room, and I'm going to make, like, badass informational, like, you know, content. I'm just going to build the value of my brand. You know, uh, yeah, I think I was in that room three times. In fact, those videos are still online. I have never taken them off. And I'm like, fuck this. Like, I actually have to work for a living. Like, this is stupid, you know? So literally about the third time, I was like, I, I can't do this. I, I can't commit to that routine of constantly doing it. So then I was like, okay, then a buddy of mine, you know, was uh, used GoPros for when he had snowboarding and stuff like that. And he always showed me some footage. I'm like, oh, those are pretty cool. So then I went and looked it up. I'm like, sure enough, they got suction cup mounts for these things. I'm like, oh, all right, there we go. I literally went to Best Buy the exact same day. I bought two GoPros with suction cup mounts and I mounted them to the car and immediately just turned the red buttons on. Started. And just started yeah. talking. You know, while I was driving to meetings and conferences and meetings and conferences and, you know, stuff like that. And then I started taking those GoPros into my meetings and actually recording my meetings. That was a little weird for some of my clients in the beginning, but then they started to see the content and realized they were never in it. And I cropped everything out. Their voice was never in it. No one ever knew I was at their dealership talking right. about whatever, right? So, you know, they're pretty trusting in me to allow me to do that. Um, and, and, and yeah, it was just, yeah, it just... Just go from there. It, it, you know what? I, and, I, and I think I started to realize that that's kind of the key. You know, in a lot of dealerships now, we help them with their branding efforts and their video content. And the key is just hit the red button. You know, just, just do it. Just yeah. do it. You know, the first time you do it, it's gonna look nothing like the 15th or 20th time you do it. You know, and it's gonna, it's gonna take time to develop and build, and you know, it's just is what it is. Yeah. So I have an interesting theory when it comes to to that. I think that the 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 platforms that we have today are kind of the the new TVs of yesterday. You Distribution. Know? Yeah, 100. You know what I mean. 100%. So when you think well, we about spend it, more time looking on those devices than we do actual TV. So yes, hundred percent. Right, yeah. So when you think about it, remember when radio um, was the thing, right? And then TV was trying to take over, and the radio stars were all like, "No, we're not gonna. That's never gonna work. Like nobody's gonna. We're we're radio. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then they didn't adapt, and you know they slowly started to go away. And I think that for TV. That the, you know, social media is really the the thing that's to, that's that's going to replace it. Um, and the cool thing about that is that everybody has an opportunity to put their own 
content, whatever it is that they want to put out there. You know what I mean? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, distribution is not like what it was before, right? You know, so it's it's like I mean, think about you know being able to build a brand today and develop value, both monetary value and then personal value in the brand today is 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 far 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 easier yeah. and and in and, and almost almost no expense in some cases right to be able to do that you know but 20 years ago you didn't have that option how'd you create a brand right lots of money lots of money lots of traditional marketing high high frequency in radio and in tv and yeah. stuff like that and that's just not the case anymore i mean we live in this amazing time frame you know, for, for dealerships and salespeople to create their own individual yeah. brand. It's just, I get jacked about this shit, man. It's fun. You know, I hate when I get the whole, uh, um, oh yeah, my guys will never do that. Yeah. yeah you know, and I'm like, hey, do put a video together. Hey, thanks. Hey. I don't know, when you buy this car? Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Um, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, no, my guys will never, well, they'll never get on camera. Oh, they'll never, they'll never put that video together. And it's like, dude, really? It's because they like, never explained the value of it. Yeah, man. Like, like the, the ROI is, is huge. I mean, I, I, I can't, I heard, if I was, a, I was a great salesperson. Like, I'm not gonna do my own, but I was a damn good salesperson. Like, I was, I just, I, I just, it, it's been in me from a very, 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 very early age. I was always selling stuff, right? If I was a salesperson today, holy shit, watch out. You know, yeah. like I mean, just with with what's available and, and the distribution, and just how fast it is. Do it, how fast you can create a brand as long as the as long as your content brings value. Holy crap! I mean, just holy crap! And I had an amazing career, an amazing career. And my best, my best year was six hundred fifty-two units. Wow! You know, I mean, that was a really good. Yeah. I mean, there are guys out there that are bigger, sure, but I mean, that's. It was busy. That's, that's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> dude, and, and to think about it, man, these, these platforms are there. They're free, man. Like, I know. Dude, all you have to do is just... I know. Where's that guy going? Just begin, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's hard to steer. No power steering. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the one thing I love about cars from this age. Everything's got a purpose to it. There's no frills in it, except for electronic seats. That's actually pretty bad. Yeah, so I'm not gonna that lie. is cool. I mean, for being 60, how old is this? 60, 67 years old. I mean, that, that, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. You know, to have power seats, right? Um, yeah, I've 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 always owned classic cars. I've always I've always driven classic cars. I just there's just something there's just something about the rawness of it, you know. The pain in my leg right now from having to put so much pressure on the brake because there's no power assist brakes, you know. Um, this thing doesn't have cruise control. Man? No, there's no cruise control. <laughs> well, actually, no. But you know what? It wasn't too far after 55. They would have included it in there yeah. for sure. Yep. Oh, oh, the seat lifts up. There oh, you go. No. All right. Oh, look at that. I've been driving around all day, feeling like I'm sitting a little low on the ground. So how, you. how are you seeing things right now in your market? Like, how, how do they compare, by the way, the, uh, Canada to us? Smaller? Less busy? Well, you know what? They're, they're, they can be equally as busy. They're just, they're, the, the interesting thing with Canada and the U.S. is, the, is, is for a lot of cases, the, how, the proximity of dealerships. So, you know, I can visit 
26 Nissan dealerships in a 45-minute drive. Whoa. So you think brand's important here? Wow. Brand's incredibly important. But you got 26 locations selling the exact same product, the exact same services. How in the hell do you differentiate yourself? Yeah, man, that's like, tough. How in the hell do you differentiate yeah. yourself? Yeah, wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, Oof, this old bird don't like this heat. I'm looking at that gauge, she ain't happy. It's going up. Yeah. Just when we pass the Mandolin Bay here, we'll pull over and let her cool down for a little bit. It's the beauty of driving classic cars. <laughs> um, yeah, I love just being so connected to the to the to the you know to to the steering and so connected to the drive. You know, it's just you know, it's like you break, you can't break with one hand on the steering wheel. You got to break with two. You so, know, because she'll pull she'll pull to the left pretty hard. You're not a fan of autonomous vehicles? I actually really love the idea of autonomous vehicles. Yeah. Oh man, I totally love it. Because for me, it's all about efficiency, you know? So any opportunity that I can continue to work, I was gonna right, say. and commute, I'm freaking in, like, sign me up. In fact, actually, I was looking it up and I was really hoping that we could actually schedule one of the autonomous Lyft taxis here in Vegas. And I can't seem to find where you oh, can do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I thought it was, I was hoping it was something I could schedule because I would love to jam in one and just record it, you know? That's what I, so I, I really love driving, the, the feeling of driving the car and being in control and all that. But I got to say, man, it's appealing to me, the thought that I can be on preparation to a meeting in my yeah. car. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%, man, absolutely. So, that's, uh, I'm excited for that. And um, I'm excited to see cars drive up to the dealership to get their vehicle serviced on their own. Car drives <laughs> up on its own for servicing. That's going to yeah, be pretty that's, awesome. That's that, that, that will be actually very, very awesome. I'm not going to lie. It really will be. So what's been, um, guys, this podcast, what's, um, what's been kind of a hot subject for you guys, a hot topic? What kind of seems to be a pattern? I'm always looking for patterns and strategies. So, um, You know what? For me, for, you know, obviously we just wrapped up season two, mm -hmm. taking a little break. We'll be back for season three in October. But the one episode that uh, for me was, I don't know, it's I'm a little bit torn um, because of the concept of it was the sales process in the new digital world that we live in today. Mm, okay, um, well walk me through because there's a lot of people's thoughts on this, a lot of different variations of it. So walk so me through that. we had Ed French on the show as our season closer and he said something to me that kind of really caught my attention and what he said was you can't change the mindset of somebody that's made millions of dollars with this process right? yeah and yeah. i totally agree with that like it, it really got me thinking i was like yeah dude how how do you do that but at the same time i mean the process itself needs to be adapted to some sort of degree because um it's different man like th yeah. those processes were designed to hold control in an environment where the dealership didn't give all the information to the customer and that's just not the case anymore Yep. You know, um, we're in an efficient market. Buyers and sellers have access to the same information. And so there needs to be some sort of, in my opinion, some sort of adjustment or correction, if you will, to how we're engaging with those customers. Sure. Because here's the deal, right? All the research indicates that customers do less and less visits, right? They're doing like 1.5 visits now, spending about 14, I think for used cars, 14 hours. For new, it's 12 hours. Um, of online research before they ever 
uh, go to your dealership. Yep, 100%. So anybody that walks into the, your dealership, in my opinion, is extremely valuable. Yep. Extremely valuable. Oh, They've absolutely. already chosen you, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, really, really, for the most part, you just don't have to fuck it up. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. really, at this point, you know, the, the amount of research and shopping that goes online, just don't mess it up. Right. So then that customer shows up with all the information, and then you try to pull these processes that are designed to gain control of not giving customer information, yep. and it just kills the whole thing. You know sure. what I mean? Sure. Um, and so I think that that, that um, for me, that was probably the most powerful episode that we did this season because it really got me thinking. Um, we had Jay Jensen on the on that show. I got a lot of respect. Jay's a cool guy. Yeah, dude, he's been in the industry forever, so I loved giving his perspective on that. You gotta reach out um, to him for a podcast. He just reminded me. Yeah, dude, yeah. he's he's uh, he's an awesome guy, man. He's just so authentic. He's yeah. just, it's just Jay. Right. That's yeah. all it talk is. About, talk yeah. about being authentic. Yeah. That's your guy right there. So anyways, go ahead. So yeah, man. So I, I um, that's the one that that really is, you know it has me stumped, and I want to kind of develop that a little bit more during the next season and really talk nice you know be you know have maybe a couple sessions on that and get some different ideas and perspectives well because there's a lot of different places it comes from right yeah it, it's not just about the technology that you end up using for you know, for our, you know you're talking more about digital retailing right so it's not just about the technology used for it it also talks about you know the process that used at the dealership level all right but then also, how does that change your marketing? Right. You know, and, and there's, so there's so many different aspects of it, right? I still think, you know, I, I look at it as a very exciting time, okay? Um, you know, I've been in the car industry to, uh, long enough to remember that, you know, I had to convince dealerships that they needed a website. Wow, you know? yeah. Like, I had to convince <laughs> them. Like, they literally did not think that there was any value in them having a website. Now, the funny thing is, like, today, that's asinine. You know, like, the, 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 you know, I, I have a but I have a buddy that's that's building a dealership right now, right, in full construction with it. Like, his one of his first concerns was his website, and the building's not even finished. You know, so it's like we've come such right. a long yeah, ways. Wow. You know that, you know, like I said, one point people just didn't even believe that it was really something that 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 was necessary. So I see the same thing as digital retailing is that there's a lot of people that that, that aren't going to believe in it. But you know, at some point in time, it will become the norm. Yeah, exactly. It will become the norm. Right now, the other advantage I see with digital retailing. Now, this is my marketing brain kicking in and thinking about it. You know, I remember when the first, you know, first few dealerships in my marketplace, you know, got their website. It was a great marketing opportunity, right? It was like, hey, now you can shop us online, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year at www.abcmotors.com. Right. You know, it was like it, it was it was really really something, you know, being able to do that. So there was a there was a marketing opportunity and a branding opportunity. You know, it's like we do things differently because we have a website. Now it's going to be the same thing with digital retailing, right? That's from the marketing side. But I think what what people don't understand is how much process it's going to change and how much process of the dealership is required to change to embrace that type of way of purchasing a vehicle. And that's and that's the thing, right? We change in, in those processes and that, that, that was kind of like my biggest takeaway is like, it's hard to do, man, because when it generates you money and, and, and you're being successful, quote unquote, with it, um, you know, how do you really? Well, you know what, success, I always find dealerships, I, I actually kind of struggle when I tell when dealerships something they're successful, right? Because it's like, you know, we're one of those few people that still accept like 25%, you know, success rate is like success. And it's like, mm, no, yeah, it's right. not. Yeah. No, it's like, you know, okay, what happened to the other 400 people that came into your dealership this month? That's not success. You know, it's like, I, I do believe that there's a lot of what I call full belly syndrome in this industry. Yes. Where we are, are very, very, very full with, um, 
we're very full. We've totally lost our um, our uh, chase car, by the way. I have no yeah. idea where the hell they are. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, full belly syndrome, right? Where we're just we're we, we constantly are looking at what we've made and not what we could have made, you know, in the process.